is change. We're going to talk about change. It's, it's a word that's commonly used in political circles, but we're going to open that word up and just talk about it today in a way from a biblical perspective. Amen? And we're going to use a, a biblical figure, Jeremiah. Our, our scripture will be coming from Jeremiah, the first chapter. Verses 9 through 11. So fomenting change. There's a word fomenting. Foment means to instigate or stir up. It's like when you have energy, you have potential energy. Potential energy is still. It's just like a person has potential energy when they get their college degree. They didn't use it yet. It's just a potential. Amen. So what this does is you have to use that degree or you have to a rock sitting on the top of a hill is potential energy. But once you push that rock, it starts to go downhill. That's a different type of energy. That's action. Amen. So many times when we hear the word change, it's just potential. But real change comes from action. Amen. Doing something, using that degree, pushing that rock. So we have to move from potential to real, real life change. Amen. We've been hearing about change for so long, but is there really a change? So change is defined as to make someone or something different, to alter or to modify. Or to replace something with something else, especially something of the same kind that is newer or better, a substitute for another thing or another. We're talking about change. The scripture reads in uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9 through 11, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. 10. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kings, kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And he said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Amen. That rod is the rod is a, a stick. You know how you plant and you see a, a just a shoot and you see like a little green leaf coming out, right? It's just like folded up. Amen. So you know that rod is is going to be a change. It's going to it's it's going to be something new. Amen. Amen. The rod of an almond tree. So the background of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was of uh, the tribe of of. Uh, the, the Levites, but he was in the land of Benjamin. Um, the verses, um, the opening of the chapter, verses one through three says, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hekiah, of the priests that were in Antioch in the land of Benjamin. So it gives you his where he is, it gives you his family, it gives you his father's fam, um, name and everything. Verse two, it says, and the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. In the, ninth, in the 13th year of his reign, 
So it's giving you all these historical settings to precisely pinpoint where, who, what, who Jeremiah is, a real person. Jeremiah lived in 26 BC, 2000, 2000, let's see here, 2000 BC, amen, that's 2600 years ago. So this is um, quite a long time ago, amen. So in verse 3, it says that it came in the days of Jacobim, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, unto the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. So this is telling you that the word of God came to Jeremiah before Jerusalem was taken captive. And he was... He was sent by God to warn the people that a change is going to come. But first, they need to change themselves. So we're going to talk about several, seven points of change. Amen? So in these seven points, um, the purpose of a change, vessels wanted for the upbuilding of the kingdom of God, two, Three, God equips his servants for change. Four, God uses his gifts to inspire change. Five, the atmosphere of change must be right. Six, the need of a savior. And seven, to root out entrenched evil in the land. Now, I won't be before you long, but I will get through these. Amen. Pray for me. So it comes up, a purpose of a change is needed. Sometimes change has to be made. You know, you ever heard somebody say, <clears throat> Fanny Haymeyer said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Sometimes you got to have change because there's no way that you can go back to the old. Amen. And when I was a kid, I used to watch Popeye the Sailor Man. He used to say, I had all I can stand. I can't stand no more. Amen. That's what I thought about. But you have people who, who just can't go backward. They just can't go, go into the same thing they've been going through. A change has to come. Amen? So verse 16 says that people were um, living in a wicked lifestyle. We're talking about the, the, the people of the children of Israel, but in particular in Judea. And God said to Jeremiah in verse uh, 16, And I will utter my judgments. <clears throat> against them touching all their wickedness who have forsaken me and have burnt incense unto other gods and worship the works of their own hands. Thou therefore gird up thy loins and arise and speak unto them all that I have commanded thee. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. So God was encouraging Jeremiah. So Jeremiah was a young, a young prophet. It doesn't say his age, but he was um, somewhere. Um, he was a young man. It doesn't say his age. I'm not going to give him an age. Amen. But in my mind, I could just see a young man. And he's God is telling him, don't don't be scared of them. Don't don't let their faces. Confused, don't be scared of them. And if you 
if you're if you be scared of them, then what? I will confound the. the I will make you confused. I mean, I you know, don't be scared. Have confidence. I'm I'm giving you these words. Amen. So vessels are needed. People are needed for the upbuilding of the kingdom of God. And God chose Jeremiah. He chose somebody of the Levite clan to to talk to the people, a young man. And he had to talk to aged men. So you can understand that he was he was kind of um, fearful. Amen. It's natural. But yet he, God said, don't be scared of them. Amen. So and even today, we need people to stand up and to speak God's word. Amen. So a clarion call is needed for the vessels to stand in the gap. We hear that term a lot, stand in the gap. The gap is a place where the rubber meets the road. Amen. Like I said, when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you need somebody to stand in the gap. And at times it might be lonely. At times it may be a pace of persecution and a loss of comfort. But it's, it's got to be a place where you say, not my will. Your will be done. Amen. So Jesus stood in this place. Amen. He said this, not my will. But thy will be done. And David stood in this place when he was criticized for dancing. You know, he was criticized. The Ark of the Covenant came back into the, the camp and he was dancing. He was criticized. Now it's Jeremiah. Jeremiah is in the same place. Amen. He was brought up knowing the things of God and hearing the word of God. When God called him to be a prophet. And we're going to break down. A prophet, the office of a prophet, a little bit today, amen, and a job description of a prophet, amen. And Jeremiah is the perfect example because the definition of a prophet is in the same chapter, amen. So God equips his servants for change. Just like God will equip, just look around, he'll equip you. Now, God will equip you, and he said to Moses, look around. What do you have in your hand? Many times what we need, we already have it. We don't have to go buy anything. We don't have to go get this fancy education. We don't have to go do the, God has already equipped us. Amen. And most of the time he told Moses to look around. In Exodus 4, 1 through 4, and Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me. Nor hear me, my voice. For they will say, the Lord has not appeared unto you. You know what people say? You ain't heard from God. They say that to you behind your back. He ain't hearing from the Lord. But you know what? And the Lord said to Moses, what's in your hand? And Moses said, a rod. And God said, cast it to the ground. And he cast it on the ground and became a serpent. And Moses ran. Moses fled before it. And the Lord spake unto Moses said, put forth thy hand and take it by the tail. And he, and he listened. Amen. He could have been disobedient. I'm touching no snake. Amen. So Lord said, take the, take the serpent by the tail. And he put forth his hand. And that's out of that comfort zone. Amen. Took forth his hand and caught it and became a rod. So this is something that God said, they believe you. Just do this. Amen. So many times what we have is what we can use. Amen. The point when you know that you are truly equipped to do the work of God is when you realize that you are endowed internally. 
God has endowed you, amen, with fortitude to carry out your mission. And the material that's needed is already in your possession. Look around what you have. Amen. You have a stove, right? You can cook some biscuits and sell them in the neighborhood. That stove is not being used all day. Look around what you got. Amen. So God reassures Jeremiah. Then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. This is God talking to Jeremiah. And before thou came forth out of the womb, what I sanctified you. He set them apart. And I adorned thee a prophet unto who? The nations. So when God call you, you may be starting out like we heard the testimony earlier. It might just be you and your family at a church starting out. But God said, I have adorned, adorned you, what? To the nations. Amen. Then said I, O Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. Now he's being honest with God. When you pray to God, be honest. Amen. But the Lord said unto him, say not that I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. So that means he's a prophet. So a false prophet don't say what God speaks. Don't be afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Don't be scared of them before you. Don't be, if they look stern. You know, some people frighten you by their by their face, by their appearance. Don't be afraid. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Amen. God equips Jeremiah to be an agent of change. God places his word in Jeremiah's mouth. So sometimes God places his word in your mouth. The word of God is the implement, implement that gives the victory. So we need to use the word of God, not what we think. That could be a big problem today when people use their pulpit to say what they think. They get up here talking about Trump and all everything else. But God said, say what I say. Amen. And that's what is the thing that gives you the victory. Because what we think don't give people the victory. The word of God gives the victory. Amen. So the word of God is quick and powerful. Hebrews 4.12. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder as soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow. So it divides the soul, spirit, and body. What we think can't do that. Amen. The word of God is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God know it. He knows what's on your mind. Amen. So you don't have to sharpen the word of God. It's already sharp. Amen. We said, we said Abraham Lincoln said if he had an hour to chop down a tree, he used 45 minutes sharpening his sword, sharpening his axe. And then another 15 minutes chopping it down. Amen. But with the word of God, you don't, you can use that 45 minutes. God already got the word sharp. Amen. And that's what makes the, the victory sweatless. You don't got to sweat and, and do all this stuff and running around like Martha saying all this. Then looking at somebody who just using the word of God said he think he ain't doing nothing. 
Just use the word of God. You don't have to do anything. You trying to call yourself a prayer warrior. God already won the battle. I'm trying to get away from that prayer warrior now. Because God is a warrior. Amen. You could walk around with victory. Amen. We're the expression of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So when you look in the mirror, you say, ah, I'm getting ready to go outside. So the, the devil should be running for you already. They should be oh man, she got up. He got up. They met the devil mad. Oh no, you got the devil running. Amen. So it's impossible. Sometimes God gives you stuff that looks impossible. Matter of fact, most of the time when it's God thing, it don't look like it can be done. That's how you sometimes you know it's God. Amen. Because if it's in self that we can do it, if we can buy it, if we can save up, if we can budget our money, but God say, go do this. Amen. You don't know how you're going to do it. Then somebody look you in the face and say, how are you going to do that? Then you you, you don't want to sound crazy and say, I don't know. But God, you just got to give you what to say to that person. Amen. Because they're going to talk about you anyway. Whatever you do. So you might as well go do it God's way and just keep on moving. Amen. Now, due to the unrighteousness that exists upon the earth, God does not want his people in a posture of accepting new norms. That involved the acceptance and normalization of sin. You know, you heard the term new norm. They've had a show, the new norm, new norms and stuff. But all that stuff is, okay, now you can accept this type of sin now. It's normal. Not so. Amen. And that's why we need prophets. That's why we need the gifts of God. That's why we need the evangelists. That's why we need each, every person under the sound of my voice to, to go out in the world and say, not so. That's wrong. But the world says it's a new normal. No, it ain't new normal. It's sin. Amen. We find a template of a prophet in Jeremiah uh, verse 10. Now, this is a definition. This is a this is a job prophet's job description. Now you have a job description. Prophet's job description. And, and even though we live in a New Testament day, the gift, one of the gifts of the ministry is a prophet. Amen. So the prophet job description didn't change. It's the same thing. He says, see, I have this day set thee over the nations and over kingdoms. Even to this day, the prophet's higher than the president. Why are you worried about Trump? Why are you worried about Biden? You higher than him. Think about it. Then pray about it. No, pray about it. Then think about it. See, this day I have set thee over nations and over kingdoms, you over everything. You don't even got to call yourself a prophetess. Matter of fact, don't use the title. Just be it. To what? To root out and to pull down prophet, prophetess, and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plan. That's when he saw that little shoot come up. Amen. Now, we're going to go into that a little bit later into that description is we're going to come back to that. Amen. But well, we said before foment change. Now, profit is to instigate the change, just like we had that energy, that potential energy. Now, a prophet is now kinesthetic. That means movement. He actually pushes the rock over the hill. He's instigate. Y'all know what an instigator is, right? You heard that when you was a teenager. You instigating a fight and all that, right? You heard that before, right? 
instigator. That's what a prophet is. They call Socrates, even though he, it wasn't, he, they call him a gadfly. And they made him because he spoke truth. And they made him drink poison because he changed the minds of the youth. Because everybody wants you to say the same thing, the same talking points. The same, if you do something different, then you're going to get what? Um, what they call it? Shut down or something? I don't know. Ostracize. You, you know, when they, when they, when they, like, um, when you lose your job because you said something that's unpopular, you spoke into the LGBG community, you, you know, they got you scared now and all this stuff. No, God said it's wrong. It's not a new normal. So we're supposed to instigate this change, not sit back and, 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 and be, uh, fly, fly below the radar. No. If you're a prophet, not everybody not a prophet, but a prophet's supposed to speak up. Amen. Speak up and tell the truth and speak truth, truth to power. Amen. Next one. God uses his gifts to inspire change. His gifts. When I talk about gifts, I'm talking about Ephesians gifts, the gift of the apostle, the gift of a, a pastor, an evangelist, and a teacher, and, um, um, and a pastor. These are the gifts. It says that when, when, when Jesus uh, descended, he brought us gifts and he ascended and he left, he left gifts unto us. Amen. So these are the gifts. So we want to, we want to talk about that gift. We're going to pull out an evangelist right now out of all those five, you know, you're just going to pick out evangelists real quick. Amen. We're going to talk about the woman at the well for just one second. We're going to slip in the new Testament. Amen. Now, I like to call her the first evangelist, amen? Because she said, come see a man. <laughs> come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is, is this not the Christ? In my mind, it's the first evangelistic message. Now, now the woman wasn't ashamed, amen? Because everybody knew it. Jesus said you had five husbands and one you with now is not yours. She was telling the truth, but she, he, when he said that, he said, woo. But she, she went and said, come see a man. So she wasn't ashamed. Amen. So that's the same thing with your gift. Don't be ashamed of your gift. Your gift is so, supposed to be on display and exhibited. Amen. That's why God gave it to you. Don't worry about what somebody else is going to say. Just do what God created you to do. Amen. So this woman, come see a man. I heard a preacher say, there's one thing faster than an email. That's a female. <laughs> she said, come see a man. Which told me all the things I ever did. That word of mouth, get out. That's the best marketing thing. They got Twitter. They got Facebook. But the best marketing you can get is the word of mouth. Amen. She said, come see a man. And this, come, this comes to the gift of the sheep. The sheep beget the sheep. Amen? So it's actually the people in the congregation, it's their responsibility to enlarge the church. Amen? You want your church filled, sheep beget sheep, go tell somebody, like the woman did. Amen? Now you know it's your time to leave a church, but you can't do that. You don't want somebody that you love that you want to see saved, come to your church. That's sad. Amen. You really, you were, you were in a warfare posture at that time because God is either trying to deal with you or something, trying to bring something out of you, bring you to a higher level, 
or God is and God has got you there for a reason. Amen. It's not all the time you got to leave because God might be using you in that position at that church. Amen. When you got a mind and saying, I don't want to, I don't want to evangelize right now because I don't want them to come into this situation that I'm in. I don't want no, I don't want all this H E double. I'm sorry, I don't like to say that word. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I don't want to because that's what it is. That's what it feels like when you're going through it. Amen. So why are you gonna evangelize to tell somebody come over here and you and you come over here and experience all this I'm going through and you going through all this mess? It's hard, right? Amen. It's hard. Amen. But you still got to do your job. And the bottom line, the evangelism should inspire worship. Amen. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's from that whole passage of that woman in the well. Now, that's one of the most powerful definitions of worship. Amen. That we use today. That came from that woman. Come see a man. So when you when you let God use you, put yourself, don't worry about you. Don't worry about what they're going to say about you. They're running you down anyway. So you might as well give God the glory. Amen. You can't monitor what people say about you by your actions. Amen. So it's best to do the will of God. Amen. Be on the safe side. Joshua said, whose side are you on? Joshua was a bad man. He carried the sword to the angel. He was going to chop the angel down. How bad is that? When angels killing hundreds of thousands of people, one angel. That's a bad man. <laughs> Amen. The atmosphere, the atmosphere must be right. Don't you know in some atmospheres, if there's no expectation, you can't do anything. It's, it's, when you got to create, you got to be like David sometimes and, and just uh, encourage yourself. Amen. Don't you want to go somewhere when you and go somewhere and be encouraged? Amen. And feel love. Amen. But you got to do you got to walk the way, walk the walk anyway, even if you're not feeling that love. Amen. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself and, 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 and you go into an atmosphere and they don't think they don't look at you. They look, they look at you as a nobody. It's hard when you go into an atmosphere like that and they expect you to be the saint. Amen. And, and manipulation is all around and, you know, and all these things. And, you know, it's hard, but the atmosphere must be right. So you have to put yourself in an atmosphere that's going to say that's, it's, it's yourself. You need to place yourself in an atmosphere where you are celebrated and not tolerated. Amen. You don't want to be going somewhere all the time, go this, and, and they just tolerate you. That wears on your spirit. It wears you down. You want to go somewhere where they celebrate you. Amen. So we should find ourselves in that place. The people need to have faith and create an atmosphere. That's your job. And that way, miracles can take place in those atmospheres. You want to go in a place where expectations are high, you know, with that potential, you know, when you before you move, you potentially have the potential to be a great person. You have a potential. So when you move and when you do the action, then you can go forth under the power of the anointing of God. Amen. So like they, they took offense of Jesus. 
they didn't believe him. Now, you know, if God being God, it says that he couldn't even perform miracles in the atmosphere. So that's so how powerful atmospheres are. If God can do it, let me, can you do it? That's a question. If Jesus couldn't do it, can you do it? Yes or no? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so that may, <laughs> that make you like uh, Jesus Jr., Bar Jesus. They said, the son of, you said, what's your name? My name Bar Jesus. Oh, that means Jesus Jr. Nah, get out of here, man. You ain't no. <laughs> and they took offense at him, refusing to believe him. This is Matthew 13. And 57. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many miracles there and where in Nazareth because of their unbelief. So you need to be in the atmosphere where you're celebrated and not tolerated where somebody just not thinking you as nobody. Because you can't really do anything in there. You you stuck. You, your, your growth is stunted. One summer, I planted a, a, a flower on the side of the house. And the flower, it was faced toward the east, no, toward the west, where it get the, the evening heat. And it didn't do good. I just picked up the plant and put it on the east side of the house where it get the morning sun. Now, the plant flourished. You could be the same person in a different atmosphere and flourish. Yeah. So why are you going to spend a decade somewhere wilted? Because it's your responsibility to be the all you can be so you can be let God use you the best he can. So why are you going to spend somewhere wilted when you can be affecting more lives somewhere else? And that's your responsibility. Amen. God will let you know. He'll tell you. He'll direct you. Now, we said we was going to get back to the definition of a prophet, uh, the job description, the set. He has set the over nations, over kingdoms to root out, to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. That's what's needed today. God's assignment to Jeremiah is a template. There is nothing new under the sun. So God won't coexist with other gods. If this continues, it will be a roadmap to destruction. God created the destroyer to destroy. Jeremiah 4, 7, the destroyer of the Gentiles is on, on his way. He is going forth from his place to make the land desolate and the city shall be laid waste without an inhabitant. God said to Job, consider my servant Job. One part of the scripture says, God created the destroyer to destroy. And even in the book of Exodus, chapter 12, they talk about Passover. Now, we're approaching Passover now. Now, Passover is a, a major Jewish holiday. It's called Pesach that celebrates the exodus of the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, which occurs on the 15th day of the Hebrew month of Nisan, the first month of Abib, or this is April 15th through the 23rd, the Jews celebrate Passover. Amen. And this is this is seen in um, Exodus 12 and 23. For the Lord will pass through and smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two door 
two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. So there's, there's a time when a deaf angel is in the land. And we're talking about being saved. Are you saved? I'm saved. Saved from what? Saved from this. Saved from destruction. Saved from death. Saved from COVID. Saved from being ran down in the street. Saved. Now you just not, your soul not saved, but you saved. You want to be saved, amen? So there's a need for a savior. Because when that deaf angel is released, you don't want to be out there willy-nilly. You want to have the blood on your doorposts. Amen? You want to be abide in safety. Amen? Sometimes when that, that they give a tornado warning, and she said warning or watch, one of them is worse than the other. But, but people get afraid. But some people, they, when, when you really got Jesus in your soul, you're really not worried about it. Think about that now. Now, you want to be safe now. You want to go to the lowest part of the house, in the bathtub and all that, go to shelter and all that stuff. But if you got Jesus, we need to be wise. But if you got Jesus, you're really not worried. That's the way I feel. I, 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 I really think that, amen? Save from what? Save from the destroyer. Amen? And the prophet is... He's trying to lead people in the right way. Don't you know the prophets, the men of God, were so revered, they used to call them magi back in the day. Amen? And even the ones who followed the star and, and came to bring gifts to Jesus, they were called magi. They were wise men. So wise men led leaders and emperors and rulers throughout history. With Nebuchadnezzar, he, he had wise men telling him what to do. So when he said the prophet is over kingdoms, that's what it means. The prophet is over all these emperors and kings because that's where they get the counsel from. So we are, we are over the leaders and the presidents because God's secret is with the prophet. The prophet know which direction to go. And the main, we said root out. I want to take that out from his job description. Root out. To root out entrenched evil in the land. Sometimes you go to different areas, it's like the evil is heavier in those lands. You go to different areas. Then some places you go, you feel levity, you feel light, you feel sunlight, you feel, you feel freedom. Because sometimes evil is entrenched in the land. There's a there's a book. As a matter of fact, when I when I inspired God inspired me to to speak on this subject, I drove past a graveyard, and I drove past a graveyard, and I said, and I looked around. I said, people, those people are in trenches, and sometimes their ideologies and their beliefs still exist in that area of the dead people. It's a book called Seven Men Who Ruled the World from the Grave. And a writer says that though their bodies like coal and dormant, the grave cannot contain the influence these seven men had on today's world. They continue to rule because they have altered the thinking of society. They generated philosophies 
that have ardently grasped by the masses of people, but are erroneous and anti-scriptural. This is evil that's entrenched. The ideologies of people that went on and died, people like Charles Darwin, uh, Karl Marx, Julius Welsheimer, John Dewey, Sigmund Freud, John Maynard Keynes, Soren Kierkegaard. These are philosophers who scripture, who, whose ideologies, a lot of people believe, they teach them in the schools, but it's anti-scriptural, what they taught. So the, the author says, who wrote this book, he reminds us the only man whose life and words can be trusted completely is Jesus Christ. So what a prophet's job is, all those things that have been entrenched in that society, in that region, a prophet's job is to do what? To root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down those things that are anti-scriptural, that people still going on believing and carrying on, things like racism, saying that you are better than me, I am better than you. That's the spirit of Antichrist. And it's so prevalent today. And the churches too. Colorism. People looking at brown paper bags saying, let you in because you lighter than a brown paper bag and saying you got to stay at the door because you darker. They may not do it like that now, but they do it in other ways. These are things that have to be uprooted thrown down so what we can build and we can plant I'm, I'm closing I'm closing but in my closing to root out and pull down to destroy and to slow down it's like stump removal you can cut the tree down right but as long as that stump is in the ground you may still have a problem because Job says in the 14th chapter yet through the scent of water it will bud like that little shoot. So what a prophet's job is to root out. Get that stump out. Amen. So it cannot flourish again. That's why many times God said kill everything. Kill the sheep. Kill the babies. I always thought why do you want to kill the babies? Why do you want to kill the sheep? Why do you want to kill, why do you want to kill everything? This is why. Because you want to root out every evil, everything. And that's the job prophet of a job, the job description of a prophet is to root out the main thing. No, it's not doing that in evil. No, it's taking a root out, taking it from the root where nothing exists anymore. And he goes on to say, Joe, through, through the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth like a plant. But man dieth and wasteth away, yet man giveth up the ghost. And where is he? Where's the man? Where is the man? He's not in the grave. Where's the man? His body may be there, his bones decompose, but where's the man? Many times when a, a, a person dies, they say, he's still with me and stuff. You know, people, ideals still live with you. What they, what they taught you, the things, 
But, and if it's unscriptural, that stuff has to come out. That's the prophet's job to get that stuff out like a surgeon. Amen? Some great lies that you believe now has to come out. Amen? These things from the grave must be rooted out. So today we talk to you about formatting change. Purpose of a change. The purpose of a change is when it comes, you should, change should happen before it needs to happen. But we're going to get to a point where I can't, I, I can't handle it no more. Amen. I got to, I got to give up this alcohol. Amen. I can't drink no more. I can't drink and go to church at the same time. Amen. Either I'm going to go to church or be an alcoholic. Because if I go to church drunk, it don't make sense. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It don't make sense. Amen. You talk about people talking about you. Amen. Vessels are wanted for the upbuilding of the kingdom of God. Use your gift for the upbuilding of the kingdom of God and put to the back burner what people think about you. Because that's not important. What's important is moving forward. Because they're going to say it anyway. Amen? Three, God equips his servants for change. God puts his words in Jeremiah's mouth. He's going to equip you. Just like with Moses. Look around. What do you got in your hand? Many times when you say you got to go to Walmart, go to these different stores to get this and get that, just think about what you already have. Think about it. Before you run to the store and get your mask and be on all that COVID environment, just sit down on the side of your bed and say, what do I got in my garage? Let me go in there and look in that box before I go to Walmart. Amen? Because you already, most of the time, you already have what you need. Amen? God uses his gift to inspire change. God's going to use his his prophets teach. Not only that, we have a gift of prophecy. We have many gifts. Amen. Even the gifts of help. Amen. Sister had a had a, a, a ministry where she's going out giving out food. Amen. That's the gifts of help. Go to the nursing home. Go to the hospital. Gifts of help. Those people in the nursing home be so happy to see you. You go by your, go take somebody else with you. Just two people. That's all you really need. Somebody pray and somebody talk. Go in there, them people will be so happy. You read them one scripture. Me and brother went to this place, um, mental health clinic. We go there, and people be so happy to see us. <laughs> Amen. Brother Young, God bless him. Amen. Brother Marty. And the atmosphere of change must be right. The atmosphere, you know, you don't want to be in an environment. Jesus was in an atmosphere that was antithetical of his of his mission. He had to remove himself. Amen. So sometimes we have to remove ourselves. Have the good sense. Even a cow know how to get out of the sun and go under the tree. Amen. You know, if a cow can get out the sun, it's too hot over here. But we in the sun, letting our brains fry. <laughs> 
being smart. The need of a savior. Six, the need of a savior. We all need that savior, amen? We all need to be saved, amen? And last but not least, the root out entrenched evil. Root out. You got to root it out, then you can build it and plant. You root out, then you plant. Amen. So thank God for this message, for fomenting change. Thank God for the hearers and the readers of his word. May God add a blessing to you, to your life, and just give him a praise. Amen. Amen.